Hi everyone, welcome back to George and Charlie Off the Bridle, the podcast that's racing again. I'm Tony Rushmer and with me, via the power of Zoom, are racehorse trainers George Scott and Charlie Fellows. With two classics behind us and Royal Ascot just about here, these are the busiest of times for the sport. In episode three, we're going to talk about the resumption of racing, how things are looking at our race courses right now, and look forward to the five days of the Royal Meeting. This podcast is supported by our good friends, Fitstairs. George, Charlie, this is no time for idling, I guess, guys. No, it's been manic, hasn't it, George? It's been absolute pandemonium the last couple of weeks. Uh, good, good pandemonium, but um, yeah, I mean, runners left, right, and centre, racing happening all over the place. It's been brilliant. Yeah, no, it has been a bit of a change in lifestyle, that's for sure, from the lockdown uh, into racing. It's been naught naught to sixty to the job, um, as as you say, mate. It's um, it's lovely to be back working. It's lovely to see the horses on the track. And um, I think we all just missed it terribly. Can I ask, aside from the obvious um, that we're behind closed doors with the prod, with the with the racing, what are the kind of key operational differences that you've noticed going as trainers to the track? I mean, it, the the whole process has changed a huge amount. You, you now declare three days before a race. You then have to do something called a virtual declaration, um, which happens. Um, two days before a race and you have to say whether you want someone to go to the start, whether it's wearing a hood in the pre-parade ring and the parade and just loads of stuff that we never used to have to do. You have to commit three days before whether you're going to be actually going to the races yourself. And then if you are going, you have to fill out a questionnaire, uh, just asking questions about whether you know, you've been in contact with anyone who might have had COVID, whether you've got the right equipment, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then when you get there, you then get your temperature checked. Uh, you have to answer a couple more questions. It's actually, none of it is overly time consuming. It's actually all very simple, but it seems to be working incredibly well. Uh, and I think I think they've done the most remarkable job myself. I think it's it's incredible what's been achieved. Yeah, no, I, I would echo echo that. It's 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 awesome the way that they've organized it. There's there is plenty more, there's plenty of admin in the office, Chaz. Um, the girls are working extra hard, I have to say. My secretary, my secretary would would definitely agree with that. She, she, it, there is a lot more work behind the scenes, but um, but for us, it's pretty straightforward. The testing stations when you arrive, it's like landing sort of in going into a sort of um, space station or something. You know, they're all stood outside with their masks on, flagged down in here. I always seem to drive into the wrong chute for some reason, <laughs> but uh, eventually get myself into the track. And then when you're in the track, it's it's, it's bizarre because, um, you know, I'd say it's, um, you know, you'd be more at risk going, walking down the high street. You know, it's incredible the uh, lengths that they've gone to, um, to keep everyone safe. And uh, it's it's nice in a way, um, get a chance to chat away to the trainers. And it's, it's literally, and I'm not over-exaggerating, it's the trainers that um, are at the races for that race in the grandstand chit-chatting fellows and I had long chit-chat was all, all talking about all sorts of things at Newmarket the other day but um, no crowds no no owners which I think is um, something that we're really really looking forward to having owners back actually and the bar open 
we'll talk about both those elements, owners and the bar, in a sec, which kind of leads me on to what do you do if you've got one in, say, the second and then one in the fourth? Where, where, What provision is there for you guys to, I don't know, have a cup of tea or just hang out? What's the situation? Oh, well, I mean, I went to Yarmouth uh, last week and I had uh i had five there's now obviously the cards are much bigger so there's 10 races i think i had five runners i was in the second race and then a few in the middle and then one in the last race so there's a lot of waiting around and um to arc put on they had a whole great big room upstairs in the in the stands which uh had all the racing on and you could see the racing from the other tracks as well and they'd done pack lunches for everyone if they wanted it yeah, it, it's, it is a long day and it's, you know, a lot of waiting around, especially if your runners are spaced out. But, I, you know, I think you've got to take your hats off and just, I just, I'm just incredibly grateful to anyone who was involved in getting racing back going and, and getting it going at the earliest possible opportunity that they, that, that, that we had. So who deserves a pat on the back then, guys? Who, who over the last week and a half, two weeks, who do you actually think has gone above and beyond in making sure that you guys are able to race your horses again? Well, I think lots of people. I think I think um, the BHA for having racing ready to resume on the first day that it possibly could have resumed. Uh, the people who were part of the um, pattern committee who have selected all the races and stuff like that. You know, it's been a huge amount of work from everyone apart from me and George who have just sat back and done absolutely nothing and waited for the races to come up. <laughs> You know, a lot of people have done a lot of work getting racing back um, and it's going well. What could be better? George, you mentioned the bar. Lovely to have a drink. Yeah, lovely to have a drink with the owners. It's not that it could be better. It's a different circumstances. But it, the, owner, the owners are the people here that obviously slightly, I don't know, are missing out. The novelty will wear, wear off that, that, that they're just back racing and they'll want to come back and see their horses and be entertained by the likes of fellows and myself at the races. But, you know, I think, again, it's all credit to everyone in the whole country that, um, you know, that'll only be, um, you know, that'll only be possible when the government say so. So it's just um, an impossible situation at the moment in that sense. Last question on the subject of uh, returning to the track. How much of a challenge, and you just hinted at it there, how much of a challenge is it liaising with your owners, um, with them not being able to enjoy going to the races, which, as we all know, is the kind of the fun part? I don't think it's been a challenge, especially for my, you know, the likes of Charlie and I and the other uh, other mates that train, you know, that like, like chatting away. And I've, I've actually sent a lot of video content from the, the Travelling Head lads and myself who I've been racing through um, an app, which has worked well. And um, it hasn't been a challenge at all. You know, it's just that exactly, you know, that actual race course experience. But in terms of the flow of information, it's been absolutely, um, absolutely the same. So moving on, we're about to start Royal Ascot Week, the most prestigious turf meeting in the world. Um, our partners, Fitstairs, will be showing on their app every race from Ascot and indeed every race in the UK and Ireland, free of charge. So a great time to join with Fitstairs if you've not already. Um, so looking ahead, guys, Ascot is with us. I cannot believe that we're saying that it's Ascot that is going ahead. Bear in mind all that's happened over the last three months. But isn't it brilliant that we've got five days to look forward to? Yeah, look, it's fantastic. Um, to be fair to Ascot, they've said all along that they're going to go ahead. Um, and uh, they were absolutely spot on. Um, it's going to be, I mean, we've talked about it being very strange going racing 
without a crowd to places like Yarmouth and Newmarket, but Royal Ascot with no crowd is going to be absolutely bizarre. Um, I can't, I can't even, I can't even picture what it's going to be like being stood out, especially if your horse runs well and you're in with a shout. I mean, what, what, what do you do? Are you like empty crowds? Are you screaming it on? I don't know. It's, it's going to be, um, it's going to be really, really, really strange. But I'm looking forward to it. We've got a few of the cards are already out, so we've seen uh, Tuesday and Wednesday, and the races look typically they look absolutely fantastic. Um, and yeah, it's brilliant. It's going to be a, it's going to be a feast of racing on ITV, uh, without any other sport to, um, compete with. And hopefully we can really take advantage of it on a show. Yeah. I, I, I haven't seen the first two cars. It doesn't, does the races don't seem, there don't seem to be many casualties. That's for sure. The quality is going to be extraordinary as always. And, um, the only thing that's going to, uh, punters are going to find hard is, to, is this whole thing with, uh, trainers coming back off a layoff. You know, we've seen some funny results through the first 10 days, um, you know, from, from a variety of, of stables. And it's just going to be fascinating to see how the majority of these older horses run off, um, off of such an extended layoff. A friend of mine said, who, who should I follow with racing's resumption? And I just said, if in doubt, stick with Gosden and Johnston. And, and that hasn't proved wrong in the last 10, 11 days. And I'm imagining both those yards are going to go there and be their normal, powerful selves again. Yeah, I think so. I think so. They've got tremendous records in the, at the meeting as it is. And they've come back red hot. Both, both trainers don't lack for... Um, don't lack for fitness, do they? So um, it wouldn't be a bad place to start. Although the Honourable's got, he's got a few a few squeaks, haven't you, Chaz? You know, you had a winner last year and all being well, you can um, have some horses run well. I'm looking forward to asking. We've got some, we've got, we blew the cobwebs off a couple over the last week, a few horses running very fresh and gassy, but that should have done them the world of good. And we've got, yeah, we've got a few, um, we'll have a few squeaks next week. Nothing stands out as being an absolute stone definitely got a couple of little squeaks which um should be fun i mean we've spoken about about johnson and uh, gosden and i think you could probably add andrew balding into that who's flying one trainer who has gone under the rate who is under the radar much smaller who has got to have a mention because at the moment his little black labrador puppy if he ran that it would go and win is um it's tom clover who has literally started resumption like that nothing I've ever seen. Everything he runs either wins or finishes in the first three. Um, absolutely remarkable start. Um, very all sort of hats off to him, big time. They had a treble, didn't they, the other day, the Clover Yards, you know, and had a winner at Newmarket. I think they had another one yesterday. It's just, as you just said, the old uh, stable cat could uh, kind of turn up at Ascot and uh, do the business. Really, really good to see. Great to see. Before we get into runners uh, for next week, guys, I have to say that Fitstairs very sportingly have priced up a Fellows and Scott market. Now, they quote 16 to 1 for either of you to have a Royal Ascot winner and 4 to 1 for either of you to have a horse placed. Now, that latter quote looks a shade of value, doesn't it? One, You know, Charlie, you'll fancy getting a squeak of it in one or two races. Well, do you know what? Funny you say that, Tony. Um, because a race has completely fallen apart, which is very, very, very interesting. And an absolute legend of a horse who owes me nothing will have a very, very good squeak of getting into the places. And that is the Gold Cup. Kew Gardens, not declared. Aiden, nothing in it. 
Stradivarius is the only one in there. There's a whole, you've got stamina queries on a whole load of them. Technician wants soft ground. Mekong, stamina issues. Nyef Road, stamina issues. Nyef Road, he won at Newcastle. Yeah. Over two miles, wasn't it? Over two miles. We were giving it three pounds. And I've got Ryan Moore booked to ride the Prince. Hey. He would have, he's, he's not going to be Stradivarius unless, unless Stradivarius doesn't show up. And, and he had a hard race the other day, but it'd be very unlikely that he, he doesn't show up. But he's in good form. And if, he can, if we can sort of ride him to get the trick, he's got to have a massive chance of getting in the three, which would be, which would be amazing. So are you telling our podcast listeners, my mum, your mum, my auntie and various family members that they should open a Fitstairs account and take advantage of the four to one? For, to, to, for either of us to get a place in one race, yes, surely we can do it. What are the other sniffs um, from either yard? You might, you got a couple to run, George. There's a possibility we're going to just see how the next, I know, I know it's, uh, it's see how the next couple of days pan out. I've got a fast two-year-old filly called Bungled Up in Blue who made a pretty encouraging debut at Newmarket. In a, it, she finished um, third to the current Queen Mary favourite. And uh, she certainly wouldn't be disgraced if she turned up at Royal Ascot. But under the current circumstances, I think, um, you know, we try and get a win into her at Sandown tomorrow. And look, if she was impressive, then she could go to the Queen Mary sort of a, a, a week later. But um, other than that, um, haven't got a huge amount going. As I said, a couple of options later in the week, possibly. But Charlie, what about uh, Carm Wen? When and be your best chance of the squeak? Carm Wen and loves a big handicap and a big field, good pace to run at. So he'd have a squeak if he gets in. Um, London Arch is on a retrieval mission after after a really disappointing run at last weekend. But he, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong that day. King Carney, again, Derby trial was just a complete mess. They went, they did stupid fractions through the first three furlongs and there was no way he was going to keep that up. He drops to, to a mile and a quarter and we have Danny Tudhope back on who won the listed race on him. So he's got a chance of, of, to at least getting a place. King Ottaker in the Wolferton. They're all out. You've got them all. They've all had a little look. They've had a little, got the freshness out of them. Exactly. And they're all back out again. And, uh, and then a couple of under-the-radar ones. Um, first, Prophet, who's a two-year-old that I run this evening. Right, look out, Charlie. <laughs> oh, that is bold. That is bold, calling an unraced two-year-old already. He is by New Bay. And you own him, don't you? And I own a bit of him. And if he was to win at Newbury this evening, then um, he would possibly go to the Chesham, which he's got an entry for. And I'm very much hoping it will be in someone else's colours. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, Anassis, uh, she's entered tomorrow. She's in the Sandringham. I think a mile, stiff mile would really suit her. I need to speak to the owners about whether we absolutely want to run tomorrow. And Cheaper Chiefs, Cheaper Chiefs, the old boy in the um, Wokingham. I think he'll probably end up being in the reserve race for the Wokingham, not the real thing. But um, I've wanted to run him at Ascot for a long time. He ran a massive race behind Lord North and bless him at Ascot last year. And I think the stiff six straight course at Ascot run ridden patiently would also really suit him. So we've got, we've got shouts. I've got nothing that stands out as being you know, a real proper chance, but I didn't last year and we managed to come away with a winner. So that was good. So aside from your own horses, guys, 
Is there anything else that's caught your eye? Any uh, horses that you're looking forward to to watching next week? Um, so I, <laughs> I have got a massive, massive fancy at a ridiculous, ridiculous price. Go on. I think Ascot Straight Course is a real specialist track. Okay, and in the Queen Anne, you have two horses that ran against each other last year, and one is ten to one. And yet the horse that beat him is 50, 5, 0, 50 to 1. Okay? The horse in question is a horse trained by David Simcock called Bless Him. His record at Ascot is phenomenal. And I've just got a feeling he beat Lord North, giving him weight last year. He beat Lord North on the straight course over a mile. He beat him. And yet for some reason... Bless him, who loves a strong pace to aim at, is 50 to 1, and Nord North is 10 to 1. Bless him, had a little pipe opener at, at Newmarket. We know what young David Simcock's like. He's a very, very, very shrewd trainer. And he went to have a pipe opener at Newmarket, getting spot on for Ascot. He is a massive price at 50 to 1. And I also think Batash is the banker of the week. He's got no blue point to beat. It's an awful king stand. I think you could put lines through pretty much everything. You can't, I can't, I can't make an argument for anything to beat Batash. He will win and he's got the advantage of there not being any crowd. We know what a fizzy horse he is. No crowd this time, be much quieter. That's a very good point about the crowd. If he cannot win on Ascot next week, then he'd never, ever, ever, ever back in there ever again. Hopefully the be no dogs barking at the start <laughs> George Charlie has been very strong there with a, a, a with a nap and an each way outsider um, have you got at least a nap and, and also maybe an outsider to try and follow suit I do I do love Japan um, obviously he was mightily impressive um, at Ascot last year and I uh, see he's a warm order at Royal Ascot next week um, I'd be um, keen to stick with with him as an outsider um, Maybe not so much an outsider, but again, William Haggis is exceeding Excel filly that ran down here and won first time out was, um, I forget her name, but she's in the Queen Mary. She was so impressive. I mean, we, get, we were rattling along um, in front, going proper fractions. And she, James, James was just, Doyle was just taking a pull out of her the whole way. And she just, and they said she, um, they left plenty to work on. And considering I um, I, na I napped a Royal Ascot two-year-old last last year, I'm hoping to do the same again this year. Actually, I've just remembered her name, Sacred. Sacred, that's the one. There we go. Very good. And Haggis's two-year-olds are absolutely flying, aren't they? He had another winner last night at Yarmouth that they clearly fancied. Um, they're running extremely well, William's two-year-olds. Exactly. Yeah. No. Really good. Really, really good outfit, and um, had a couple of winners there last year. So um, no, know how to get it done. We're talking two-year-olds, Charlie, with you. You mentioned uh, one that you run tonight. And of course, George's filly may well turn up there next week. If we are discussing juveniles, we, we must, must drill down on the Charlie Fellows performance at Wolverhampton on debut. That, he outran his odds, didn't he? That was kind of uh, eye-catching almost, you'd say. George, you must uh, tell the story. The podcast syndicate horse debut last week at Wolver. Yeah, no, we, we got the old Charlie Fellows out on track and um, he'd been working pretty encouragingly. I hadn't done a huge amount of work with him because he was coming to hand quite quickly. 
So he looked improved a lot for the experience. And yeah, no, he, um, Adam Kirby rode him over five at Wolverhampton. He got out relatively well. But, you know, he looked like he was travelling well, but I think he was pretty disorganised. Adam was holding him together and there were a few leg changes and um, he ran on and finished. He ran on well and hit the line good, finished finished a very creditable fourth. But I, I think there'll be an enormous amount of improvement in him. Um, it just strikes me as a horse that when they come come home, they come out of the race, he strikes me as a horse that's improved significantly um, for that, will improve significantly for a run. And, um, you know, for a relatively inexpensive horse, he's going to be winning races and he might well pick up an auction race um, made in, um, in that process. Will you step him up to six next time or do you envisage staying at five? And Well, I always thought he wanted six, but Adam said, listen, I know everyone with the head lab was mentioning six after he said he'd be fine at five. You know, you get away with, with five, a race of this, that nature at five. So I envisage just stepping up to six, but... Um, it might well be that we that we stick to five if a suitable race pops up. There's a couple of options in a, in a fortnight's time or so. Adam was actually at um, uh, pains to say that he's a horse that he felt was a tough horse, and you want to be getting him out quickly and using his you know using that experience before um, the fields get a bit deeper later in the year. Charlie, were you impressed with your namesake's effort and the trainer's performance? Get him to the track to run with credit first time up. I thought he ran an absolute belter. I was over the moon. Um, and uh, I thought he did everything brilliantly. Wolverhampton on debut with Adam Kirby uh, on his back, giving him the hell for leather would be my idea of hell. But obviously he loved it. And let's just hope he goes back and, and can run a big race. He should go close. He'll go like, on the back of that. He'll go very close next time, which is brilliant. And, you know, he's been sound as a pound. And, you know, we're, we're, it's absolutely ideal. It's what we wanted and hopefully we can get him winning and then George Scott can t- tag in and sort of through the second half of the year. And we hopefully, as long as we've got a few winners, we'll have a, it'd be absolutely perfect. Again. For, for horses that were bought for 17 grand and 20 grand, respectively, I think both George and I would agree that we, we wouldn't swap them for another 17 grand and 20 grand horse at the moment. Scotty, were the, um, were the syndicate members happy with uh, the debut display? Yeah, I think everyone was really happy. You know, they're, they're really lovely people, enthusiastic, and I think they've got something to look forward to when they come to the track. Excellent. And uh, we'll update uh, just briefly. You touched on it there. George Scott maybe a horse for the second half of the season, Charlie. He's a really good-looking horse. He's doing everything right. Um, I just feel like he needs more time. He's cantering every day um, up Warren Hill, up Long Hill, really happy with him. Um, but he's just, he's not ready to do any more than that at the moment. Um, but I'd say that he'll probably be ready to start doing quick work in July. And if he does that, then we're looking sort of August time. I would have thought to to hit a race course. Handy. Okay. Um, we should just say at this point, uh, Charlie is multitasking at the moment. He is babysitting his very young son, who is being a, a, a model uh, a young child at the moment. We haven't heard a peep out of him. But last time we spoke to you, Charlie, you'd been up all hours uh, doing the night feed, the night nappy change. It was causing you all sorts. So how's, how's fatherhood at the moment? You know what? It's been absolutely, it's been amazing. Um, my my wife is she was always going to be a really 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 good mother she was just designed to for motherhood um and she has been absolutely brilliant he has been great he started sleeping through amen <laughs> this week so um so that means he goes to bed at seven o'clock 
and generally we don't hear a peep from him until five and then he starts getting a bit restless at five but generally settles himself but like that is a game changer that's been great it's been amazing i've loved it very good and while we're on the while we're in parents corner um george how's your young daughter progressing all going well on the home front Yes, thank you. Um, you know, as we, I think we spoke, spoke about very briefly, the, um, one of the lovely things about lockdown was spending some time with her. Um, so, yeah, really good. She's sleeping well. And that's the, I think that's the golden ticket, isn't it? But a lot more relaxed and rested. And, of course, we've got sport back on. Just, you know, we've got a snooker and racing next week. In fact, we've got PGA Tour Golf has started this week and nearly Premier League football and next month, Test Match Cricket. Now, we know that it's a tough world out there, but it's kind of a relief to us sports addicts that we can read about it, watch it, talk about it again. Do you not agree, Charlie? Are you happy having sport come at the return? I'm a sport mad, um, not just racing, but any. I will watch any sport. It drives my wife absolutely round the bend. Um, so I am over the moon. Even more importantly, I'm over the moon that the football's coming back because in the one year, in the last 30 years, that Forest have had even a squeak of getting promoted, it looked for a very, very worrying moment, like it was going to get taken away from us. A bit like poor old Liverpool's wait for winning the championship, or winning the Premier League, and then it looked like they weren't going to get it. And so um, I am over the moon. And hopefully um, this little break, we've managed to get all of our injured players back and they're going to be ready to go and we're going to get promoted. Premier League, here we come. We're going up. Very good. George, any thoughts on a bit, bit of sports action? Are you quite pleased to be a prospect of cricket returning and maybe watching a bit of golf? It was fantastic to see the boys get off the plane from the West Indies in their hoodies and their schnuffle things and all, all wrapped up. And um, they've um, been locked away in a training camp, haven't they? And I'll really look forward to that. I think that's fantastic that they've gone ahead with that. And that's something to really, yeah, something that I'll really enjoy. So it, it Funnily enough, the sport for me is always a massive um, escape from racing. And um, with it just, it's been a suffocating 10 days um, uh, with it just being solely racing. Um, don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed it. But, um, you know, a bit, a bit of normality in that sense will be welcomed by me, I can assure you. Let's bring this back onto racing for the very last couple of seconds, moments. Um... Give us a, a horse that you're looking forward to running. It doesn't have to be at Ascot. It could be anywhere in the next week, two or three, before we reconvene in early July on the podcast. A couple of horses, chaps. Uh, so I am really looking forward. This isn't one of my horses, actually. I'm looking forward to seeing another horse hit the track. And she is, I don't know why, but she is one of my favourite horses in training. And I can't explain to you why I don't train her. My dear friend George Scott trains her. Uh, but I absolutely love her because I think she's got so much ability and she should have hosed up the other day at Newcastle. And she runs this evening at Newbury, this evening at Newbury, my darling Mole Davis. I love her. She's great. And she's just, I know she can get her, her run style gets a bit unlucky at times, but she's clearly got a ton of ability. And I think Newbury today already suits her. The ground's absolutely perfect. Georgie, uh, looking for a winner. Uh, this will be a welcome relief, Georgie. Come on. Come on, the mole. I'm about to get in the car to Newbury. Um, so obviously by this time this comes out, um, uh, we'll, we'll have found out. But um, she was unlucky and she has been unlucky in the past. But she does need warming into a race. So she'll be dropped in today and she'll creep away. And um, 
we're hoping we can we can take this level um put this level under our belt and move on into um into into a better into a better grade of race as the season progresses who who's on board today harry bentley's riding her who wrote who, who's ridden her at home and um, rides the majority of my horses when available so um he knows her and um you know it's a nice race that slots in well on itv so i'm looking forward to it a bedford house inmate um you've, you've named one from the eve lodge string um what about one at uh, shea fellows apart from my royal ascot runners the horse that i am most excited about he um, made his debut last weekend oh, oh no. no the baby's crying the baby's just started crying um just as i was about to say the horse's name uh, no, he made his racecourse debut last week. I think we bumped into an absolute rocket. If the name Sunray Major didn't go into a lot of notebooks last weekend, it needs to, because he looked like a monster. He was a very good-looking horse. But my horse, who finished second go and rescue. behind him, a horse called Jewel in the Sun, we really, really, really like. He's a very good-looking son to see the stars. And um, I've got high hopes for him. So I think you can take both those horses. But Mr. Gosling's horse, Sunray Major, looked, looked like a proper horse. And I'd be surprised if he's not Group 1 class. And actually, funnily enough, I was stood with Charlie the race before watching my most promising um, three-year-old come out and run a stormer in the first division at uh, 100, 100 to 1. Sarvan finished third again behind two very promising horses at 100 to 1. Um, to um, Keith Green and Chris Wright's delight, and he looks like a, a proper uh, middle distance prospect for for my yard moving forward. So we we both stood together and enjoyed those performances. I was equally impressed as Charlie was with his horse. Um, he was just a little green on the front there and got beaten by a very good horse. Okay, men, great to chat to you both and hear your thoughts. Um, all that remains is to wish uh, the pair of you the very best of luck with your runners, uh, Ascot and elsewhere. We'll be back in around three weeks to update and also preview Epsom's classic weekend. Until then, thanks once more to our partners at Fitstairs and thanks to Carl Homer from Cambridge TV for producing us. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Bridal Podcast and please do subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. We hope you've enjoyed listening and look forward to catching up with you all once again in early July. Thanks and goodbye. Goodbye.